As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you, Why mad? you mad? Hey, Jake. Hey, Luis. Uh, How's up? it going, man? It's going all right. Um, I'm like kind of out of it today i've just been laying in bed cuddling my cat watching the last of day us. off yeah i went to like a party last night and then raged pretty hard i had like a proper night off so went crazy <sighs> like an idiot i love that that reminds me i mean we're, i'm gonna tell you about a reality show that i've been watching but um your comment reminds me of it because we're not treads you know what i mean it's difficult yeah. to date us if you are a tread. But anyway, um, you, um, sorry, I was like writing something down. Uh, so you were off, you partied last night. Uh, but are you like at the point where you're like having to recover for a whole day or something from drinking? Or are you just like resting from work? Which I'm not asking in an accusatory way. I'm asking in a way of like, yeah, like, are you actually resting or are you recovering? Uh, it depends, you know. I mean, I'm definitely feeling it, like, getting into my mid to late 30s, you know, where stuff that you used to be able to bounce back from immediately, you can't really do anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, it depends on just the various combinations of substances and things like that <laughs> and what you ate that day and how much yeah, you slept like, before and after <laughs> i didn't eat dinner last night which is why i'm so wrecked today yeah exactly yeah, and I, it's like you could do that in your 20s but you you can't do that anymore yeah no i was like trash no and i shouldn't even say in my 20s because i don't know i didn't drink in my 20s so i was still like really good in my 30s but um whatever i'm not having a, a problem with it but i'm definitely like just more tired I feel like it's just getting old, you know, I've been working a lot and I think about you and Max all the time because here I am at my little fucking email job, <laughs> I'm like so fucking tired, Jake. And then I'm like, oh, remember the days of retail. Remember how hard it actually was to be on your feet and like smell like milk and be totally like having to talk to people for fucking 10 hours a day and all this shit. Okay, it's not so bad. But like it is still exhausting in a different way. You know, like imagine most of our society considers screen time like uh, leisure time, right? Like I think most people come to their phone on their breaks. They watch TV after they get home or before they go to work. Yeah. Uh, they listen to the radio on the drive to the work. You know, I guess some people listen while at work, but like it's uh it's limited i guess uh i don't know like what am i trying to say um i don't know but like i don't think that i would feel better like having a sit down email job oh god it makes you feel like your body's atrophying it's unnatural like sometimes yeah. like, i'm exhausted and I have to go do a bar shift. I'm like mad about it at first. And then 
through because it's such an active job by the end and of it's it. it's like muscle memory too so your body kind of like it's like i got it i know what i'm supposed to do yeah you just fucking go in and then just go on autopilot but because of the active nature of it sometimes i feel better afterwards yeah you like did something and your body actually needs that totally whereas like i'm sometimes like staring at a screen for fucking 10 12 hours a day and i also go into some kind of muscle memory i guess um but it's like gotta finish this task can't stop so then that just means like more hours hunched over a keyboard and staring at a screen and then after work is over i gotta do a podcast staring at a screen i gotta (laughs) Uh, fucking watch a movie with my lover. I got it. Like everything is always go back to a screen and go back to like listening to something, go back to watching something. And it's like, my brain is tired, dude. And it's, and it almost feels really mean that I'm trying to read books again <laughs> because my brain is like, you're such an asshole. <laughs> like I'm like, Oh, after all of this and like zoom meetings. Okay. And then like Jake. Okay. Only office people, I guess, will understand this, but there are some people who are kind and they treat Zoom meetings like a phone call, right? Like this just yeah. needs to be a phone call. So there's no cameras. We get on this fucking Zoom. We ex- exchange pleasantries for 30 seconds. We fucking get to the point of what the questions are, maybe share a screen to show a spreadsheet or show a thing or whatever the fuck. And great, goodbye, problem solved, right? But then other meetings are like, everybody has to turn their camera on and like uh if you have enough of these in one day and in one week it's like uh, it's like imagine if like everybody that you work with came into your house or you came into your office at the same time for a fucking update (laughs) you know and you're just like now you all have to look at my face in like high definition on your fucking screens (laughs) and i I have to be ready. And it's even a thing where it's like, um, I don't know, people have to be ready and they have to have their hair done and they have to have like uh, their background blurred to make sure they're not revealing anything about their personal life that might embarrass them or like, I don't know. It's just like mentally stressful, I guess, is what I would say to you. Um, As a person who has worked physical jobs in the past, I would not trade it. I think it's really hard to work physical jobs, but it's also not easy to work quote unquote email jobs. No, you just can't win. They're all in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. They all suck it out of you somehow. Um, But I did win the office pool for the challenge for this season. Thank you so much. Um, Happy for you. Thank you. I uh, guessed who the winners would be, right? Because that's what that is. You fucking pick your winners, you get points for like side bets, you know, for like people who cry on camera, people who get kicked out for a fight, all this shit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I won, huh? I'm a fucking goddamn TV expert. But anyway. That's pretty cool. Did I ever tell you about my Game of Thrones pool I made? No, what is that? Like who would survive at the end? Yeah, so, you know, for the most part was based on books. So you couldn't really do this because like if you read the books, you knew what happened. But there's a point where they left the books and then quickly got really terrible like yeah, but it was like anybody's guess then right because they were just making yeah. it up so uh i made this fucking draft system with some friends and we would like get together and then do like a fantasy draft thing and then so you would you know get like you pick uh the hound or john snow or whatever 
and <clears throat> that I made up this whole system and would like score episodes when we watched it. So your character <laughs> would you get points and you get like bigger things give you bigger amounts of points. It was really fun. So you get points if your character killed someone or if they fucked because everyone's always fucking <laughs> or a really good joke and like just oh, there's a whole bunch of weird shit. Yeah. The 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 main things that happen on that show are fighting and fucking, you know. And yeah. then like magic stuff or like oh, if they like acquire a weapon or something. Mm-hmm. And um we would for like the last couple of seasons me and a bunch of friends would get together and do it and it would be like really funny because you would pick who you think is like gonna totally you know crush it and then like someone who picks some weird ass character would end up winning like a shit ton of points because that person fucked like three times yeah. or, or like or this the, the story was crazy and they would kill off someone who shouldn't have been or whatever it was a lot yeah. of fun i really wish i could do that again but it was like only singularly good for that specific uh era of that show gambling and media good american fun <laughs> you know we could do that with like shit on <laughs> tv right now like it's like i'm watching last of us right now it's pretty good there's only like it is days. not it's okay shut up it's not good you know what did you okay hold on i don't mean to be attacking you but did you ever see <laughs> did you ever see uh why the last man no uh did you man. hear of it at all yeah, I knew about it when it was a fucking comic book, and I, I oh, it was a comic book that makes so much sense. Yeah, it's it's interesting though. I feel like by the time they made it a TV show, it was gender politics had kind of surpassed like yeah. it. So it was like, what do you mean, the last man? You know, is the Ooh. chromosome what makes a man a man, or you know what's going well, on? Well, you know, did you watch the show though, or no? no? Well, so it was interesting because, uh, you know, obviously there were trans men in the show. So there is like some conversation around masculinity as like a gender. Right. But why the last man? Well, first of all, it wasn't about the last man. It was about the society that came about because he there were no men. So what happens in this universe is that um. there's like a virus kind of thing. Right. And it only kills men. So basically all the governments, all the armies, all the fucking cops, <laughs> they all die. <laughs> and so, cool. yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> and so all the farmers die. It's kind of really awesome. But obviously what happens is like a lot of systems implode because they were mainly run by men. Right. And so there are pockets throughout America of like matriarchal sort of uh groups right and they vary in systems so like in dc or wherever the new american government is it's basically all the women left so all the women senators all the women representatives whatever the fuck and they're trying to run it and we get a version of like the upper class white feminism sort of world that would get made and fucking dave cross's wife plays one of those people okay uh so it's you know it's interesting because it also is It's fucking about women, Jake, and it's about the different kinds of worlds that different kinds of women would make. So then there's, like, another enclave that's, like... It makes sense that David Cross's wife would play... Would be in it, because she's, like, a lib shit. Yeah, Yeah. you know? Yeah, shit lib, yeah. She, she like, released that article that was, like, 
how I'm educating my husband about mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, yeah, a picture of them together, and then he's standing there with his shoulders hunched over like a little kid that's being, you know, totally no. And she plays in this, I think, like the daughter of the president that died or some shit like that. Yeah. And he was like conservative, so she's conservative, but now she's like in a feminist quote feminist white feminist world where the liberal democrat women are kind of running things and she is a conservative woman and has been framed now by the state as like bad right so this is what i mean like so now we're facing a sort of an apocalyptic apocalyptic thing and the only reason it's called why the last man is literally because of the y chromosome thing of like being able to make new humans right? We do actually need male sperm to make new humans, right? That's right. And so the assumption when we start watching the show is that all the men have died, but then we discover that this one guy hasn't died. And some fucking secret service chick comes to get him and her job is to like, it's similar. That's why I'm like, it's similar to The Last of Us. Sure. Because um, her job then is to get this dude to some lab, I think also in Denver or in Colorado, right? Because it's like the middle of the country. Um, so I feel like whether you're coming from the east or the west, <laughs> they're like, Denver is safe. So they're going there so that she can bring him to this scientist who has the knowledge and the capacity in the lab and whatever to figure out why he didn't die. So that that way, it's not just a matter of using his sperm, but hopefully inoculating future males from dying from this virus right and it only lasted one season and it was so good and it was so layered and every single character jake was interesting the fucking man was interesting the the last dude but he was like literally probably number 10 on the list of interesting characters and the last of us it's just like i've never played a video game but holy shit am i not surprised that this is based on a video game really yeah, it is extremely flat. It has no depth to anyone or anything or any group other than how they facilitate the next scene. And that's how video games are written. There's no um, character development. There's nothing interesting about the story or nothing. Okay, did you see the episode where the brother, um, they meet up with that black guy? I haven't, I'm only like four episodes in. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. I don't have to ruin or say anything about it, but I'm just going to say that this episode, well, there's two episodes that are of note. One is the Junipero for boys. <laughs> yeah, the, the libertarian compound. In the yeah. That was really good. Oh, God, it's so whack. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, look, it was, it was a good episode in and of itself, but it was sort of like a... Um, throwing one attempt at the wall at like creating depth in one single space and it's literally outside of the story because it's not part of the narrative we're currently following it's like a little remembrance side thing so all you're doing is giving us like a fun little side fantasy while every person around this who hello is still alive and we're still following Flat as fuck. Well, I mean... So only the dead guys are interesting. That was on purpose, though, because it was like explaining the universe, right? That's a universe show, not a fucking... Not a particularly character-driven show. 
I guess I just am arguing for the fact that universe and character driven are not mutually exclusive. Battlestar Galactica did it. Uh, I'm saying why the last man did it. Yeah, Uh, choice. They just chose. That's yeah. I mean, maybe it's a choice, but it's a choice to like. uh, Like I would say, John Wick has more depth than every single character on the last. John Wick. It's just the the action movie where yeah. Was on a revenge. Yeah, they killed his All dog. Right. Well, I mean, I get the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. I don't. It's not my favorite thing ever, but I. I no, and I'm watching it. I'm not mad at it, but it's really funny to me to just see, like, uh, you know, I guess like um, prestige television used to be something, <laughs> not so like a snob, but um, HBO has also been on this kick of canceling a lot of really good things that they've been doing i'll tell you one thing that i don't like about the last of us uh-huh. i'm not buying pedro pascal's texas accent <laughs> very uh fake and i know what yeah it sounds like so it just sounds like him trying to sound like trying a to texas ac- yeah yeah yeah, no, I don't. I don't even see depth in him. I think he's so sexy, and I'm like, no, there's, there's nothing. Um, he is literally a vehicle for bringing the girl, but he himself has no depth at all. Like, there's no. We know how he's going to react to every situ- situation. The episode that I was saying with the two brothers, um, I'm not going to tell you the end, but I, I'm going to say as like a person that has watched a lot of the genre, I guess. There was nothing surprising about how that episode ended. Like I could call it 15 minutes before how it was going to end and people lost their fucking minds on Twitter. And I'm like, I don't know if you are maybe like you really love the video game. And so it's I don't think fun. anyone who's watching it on Twitter that played the video game. I've... So it, so it's just that they don't know like the zombie genre. They don't know the apocalyptic genre then because this is not dude. The movie 2012 is more engaging than the last of us <laughs> san andreas is more engaging <laughs> than the last of us uh, Ap- apocalyptic shit is my favorite shit jake and this shit is it barely it's fine it's fine i am not saying it's bad i just am like wow hbo really <laughs> Like you're canceled so much shit and you put big names into this and big production value. And I don't think that the story itself merits it. It's like a sitcom level zombie shit to me. Okay. I don't particularly like it enough to argue with you that hard, but I don't know if I feel that strongly. No, you don't have to agree with me. I will say I'm caught up in the last episode where we like uh, learn about this other little enclave of creeps that kind of became more interesting because they're like eating people and stuff. So I'm like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, all right, great. We're expanding the universe to not just this like flat idea of like um, faceless war between the QZ and the fucking, what are they called? Fireflies that we like never see. We never see the revolutionaries. It sucks, Jake. It just fucking, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> stuff. It's like uh, the road. You read the road by Cormac McCarthy. Yeah minimalist you know it's boring i also hated um you're not seeing i also hated what's it called um road no not road warrior no mad max 
Yeah, the first one, the real one, the original one. Oh, God, yeah, it's pretty boring. boring as shit. Yeah, but the new one is awesome. New one's fucking cool. It's really yeah. Cool. <laughs> I watched the original a while back and was like, how did they get to? this badass movie that we just got from that's this. what i'm saying well and then there's also a man max 2 did you ever watch man max 2 yeah there's a bunch of shit in the middle yeah there's a bunch of shit in the middle and the thing is it's like boring fucking stylized shit and that's what i mean like i don't know you can you can enjoy something but it you don't have to think that it's or like you don't have to claim that it's great art or one of the greatest things ever made just because you really enjoy it and and it's okay to enjoy things that are not the greatest art look at me i love white chicks i love like lots of stuff and i will argue to you the merits of why you should enjoy quote unquote low brow art but i think that we are all of every class of every education level capable of discerning what is actually, um, I guess, groundbreaking and different versus what makes me comfortable and happy and gives me an hour of just like fun time. Yeah, <laughs> I know? mean, well, I'm watching it while I'm hungover because it's like, yeah, watch, which is like, yeah, space for the, yeah, the, what you're saying is that it's yeah. like food or whatever. But I mean, I, well, the one thing I will say about it that I think is like interesting is that, uh, the, the whole zombie genre, like, is a good genre but it's it got beaten to death like in the bush era like fucking yeah. well over 10 years ago it was fucking and like uh, romero already did the whole thing man what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah, well, way way back yeah that was yeah, one era. yeah. And then, but there was like this fucking weird like hipster like era in the early obama years the late bush years where every just for some reason it just fucking was spread like a wildfire like there were tons of zombie movies. Yeah. Every fucking person I knew, like it was their entire sense of humor was like, what if there were zombies? Like, it was just weird. Jake, I used to work at Urban Outfitters. So popular. <laughs> and at Urban Outfitters, there was like a whole fucking shelf. Like I worked there, dude. And I had to like watch people just come, like come in and be like, I love this. This is so funny. Just buying these books. They were like, how to survive the zombie apocalypse. What the fuck was that? And it was yeah, like, dude. like how uh, bacon became a fucking punchline for a while. Yeah. It's like that same era of shit or whatever. And so like that always bummed me out because it, it killed what was a good genre yeah. by fucking overdoing it. And so when this show came out, I was happy because it didn't feel like that. And I thought, OK, well, maybe this in some way is going to resurrect this, which is like is a good genre and also would be like a good genre to reflect the modern world with post Totally. Trump and all these like yeah. weird, you know political factions and stuff that we have yeah. uh, that like you know you didn't really get before with zombie land and all that crap. But uh, do you feel like any of that is in this? A little bit. I mean, I feel like the the fucking compound guy was a very modern like character that you wouldn't really have people wouldn't have understood that person. That person existed ten years ago, but like I think that it's wait, which one was the compound guy? Remind uh, me. Nick Offerman, fucking. Oh, okay, I got it, I got it. Yeah, yeah, Judah Perro guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's the yeah, gay man Judah Perro. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean that guy is like very much a, a mod. Like he's a libertarian, right? He's like yeah. a fucking, uh, a product of of the post you know Trump world. There are totally. guys like that. Everybody knows guys like that now. They existed before, but I think they're more like part of the cultural conversation at all times and so like 
you know, horror is fun because it reflects stuff back. And then you go, yeah. what does this mean? What is this a commentary on? What is it an anxiety about? And like the zombie genre and like the apocalypse genre, I guess, are they're they're rife with like you could make so many good statements and reflections totally. about stuff that's happening now with like there being kind of a socialist bent and like yeah you know you got the fireflies in that respect well, just the whole idea of like uh do we survive by fracturing and like it's all like every man for themselves or do we need to work together like what that's if, the tension of every zombie movie what and, if humans are the real monsters yeah because we will push each other down to try to survive or you know i i honestly think like every zombie movie is ultimately communist because it's telling you like you can't survive without working together with a group yeah to bond against them as opposed to like seeing like pushing down the people around you so that you can run away yeah a lot of people would say though that like the the zombies as a fucking as a thing to be afraid of are kind of like an anti-populist thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you're afraid of a horde of, you know, immigrants or yeah. people or yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah. you, know, and you can do that with horror all day and come up with all different. Yeah, things. totally. But so what do you make of the fact that like, um, you know, I, I guess I'm on horror Twitter <laughs> and uh, a fair amount of horror Twitter is not into The Last of Us. Because it's not really very horror-y, is it? Um, it has had, like, a, man, I want to say less than 10 minutes worth of zombie footage happening yeah. in, the, in the entire season, right? And so I bring this up because I am a fan of, like, uh, in another life, I wish I could have been a film effects person, right? Because I have an arts background. I would have loved to make things like masks and things that explode and shit for like a Cronenberg movie, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I love that. I want to know how you make these like ears that come out of walls and shit. Right. So I follow Stan Winston. You know him? No. Stan Winston's the guy that made like alien and predator and fucking like all, all the horror stuff in like, uh, yeah. Got made alien. No, he's uh like, I mean the actual uh, alien itself. <laughs> like the physical uh fake or, aliens yeah well that was an hr giger like creation what? no no not the not the design jake like the yeah. actual yeah. physical thing oh, yeah, yeah. that they film yeah so like the props right he's like the props guy but it's oh, like cool, cool. yeah right. so he does things like make like one time one of the videos that i shared that i got the most engagement ever from i was like high as shit and i'm like looking at, at winston's fucking feed and he was like testing something out which i later figured out was for the show the strain have you ever seen that no it's a the toro del toro what is it guillermo del toro produced uh, uh, series weed no bitch it is <laughs> it's a zombie fucking thing it's on hulu you should watch it you would fucking love it i can't believe they canceled that shit is so good the strain's amazing you know and, canceled shows you like no, but this, but it has like three seasons at least, yeah. and uh, you know it's Guillermo del Toro, so it's got like good Latin characters, and it's in New York City, and it's got like evil vampires and the zombie virus, and it's fucking amazing. Watch it, all right. But um, he was working on like the special effects for the strain, and he posted something where he was testing making like weird 
like fake worms coming out of your skin. <laughs> and so then it was like a, a thing he tested on himself and he posted the video and people were like, ew, Luisa, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, it's not real, idiots. It's fucking for a movie. It's going to be awesome. Or it's for a TV show. So long way to get back to the fact that I want to know, you know, uh, obviously I do love horror for all of the social commentary possibilities and ways that it has been used. But I also love the artistic as a sculptor, right? Like that's what I originally was. Uh-huh. I love that horror includes this aspect of actually building these imaginary monsters and building things that trick your eye and that convince you that this person's bleeding to death or that their arm got cut off or that a fucking thing is coming out of their stomach like an alien, <laughs> you know, like yeah. before we had CGI, before we had all the fucking computer stuff, it was like real artists making molds, testing out like what's the best way to get an alien to pop out of your stomach, <laughs> you know, like that craftsmanship Uh, And that artistry, I did think was awesome. And I loved watching zombie movies to see that those faces and those masks and the way that their fucking limbs fell off or all whether they move fast, like all the shit. So I don't know, like, do you not how do you feel about that as being an important part of horror or not? And what that means for The Last of Us, where it purports to be a zombie thing but like you're not giving us any of the horror at all well okay so what i think is first of all i agree about the genre of horror i think something that's really interesting about horror is that you kind of there's so much of it in the world you're saturated with it to the point that sometimes you forget the inherent magic of it which is that like what's cool about practical effects and stuff like that is that you're creating scenarios that are uh, approximations or like um what do you call it like you know illusions dreams yeah of situations that in your your mind understands in reality would be like mind-bendingly horrifying totally like impossible to perceive you know but they're like also physically there in front of you <laughs> right. yeah it's so fucking crazy yeah. to that knowing that you can trick your brain into kind of thinking it's real for a second or like living out these experiences that are like the parameters of what your brain could even imagine. It's fun. It's an interesting, like, I, I don't know. It's an interesting kind of like almost perverse, like experiment that happens yeah. all times with horror, which I, I don't know. It to me, it's like one of those things that's, Sometimes you just forget the point of a genre. And if you yeah. really think about that, like what's happening with faking, you know, people's physical beings just being mutilated yeah. in different ways is like, for one thing, it's fun. But for another thing, it's like, you know, um, I don't know, like why it's fascinating. Like you, you can't look away from it, like a car accident, yeah. or something, you know, it's it's really fun. I think it's all also like one of those things where, um, you know, so that I like about horror is that like, some horror writers they'll tell you like um what do i think it was like stephen king or something said that he's like afraid of the dark like he's a huge coward right yeah that's why he makes all these like fake horror things is to uh because your imagination is the worst it could possibly get right so if you just put it out there (laughs) then maybe well it's also like exerting control over a thing by playing with it 
and yeah. making it fake, which is like uh, something that like that's a common thread that I just see in a lot of different parts of life. I guess I think it's kind of interesting. Um, so that's that. I agree. I like that about horror. But uh, with Last of Us, I guess what I noticed, yeah, there aren't very many zombies in this thing where the zombies are very interesting. They're very scary. I thought that was a deliberate choice. In uh, for one thing, you know, when you do that with something like the the zombies in that show, it makes them scarier because they're not just fucking everywhere. Uh, you forget they exist and they pop back up. But also, I think cleverly, it's a uh, it's not a zombie genre show. It's an apocalypse show, and the yeah. zombies are just like part of the setting. Yeah, and I think that's so it's why it's really about like what people are going through when the whole world is collapsing, regardless yeah. of the reason. It's like I guess, I guess, but again, I don't, I guess like why I read it is so flat is because there's not, I mean, I guess they, I know they've explained whatever the QZ is falling apart and the fireflies resisting the government and like, but, but it just is not, it's not that interesting and nothing new and nothing we haven't already heard in every single so- zombie thing or apocalyptic thing before. I haven't played the game, but I think you're right about, I noticed like, um, you, like the characters move linearly it's completely <laughs> predictable like i, I could like a, yeah I, absolutely a certain building i'm like oh i bet this is a level in yeah the- absolutely no totally like i i was watching i'm like oh 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 my god is she out hunting oh my god is she about okay well now we can trade the elk she killed for some medicine it's a straight up fucking video game jake <laughs> and i'm like well but like the game when the game came out yeah people said that the game transcended video game storytelling. So I can see that. Okay. So I can see that. And so to me, okay, you know, to talk shit about my own company for a minute, uh, you ever watched Billions? Yeah, a little bit. It's actually a pretty great show. It should have ended probably three seasons before it did um, because they just kept stretching out the story and it should have just neatly ended at a certain point. But it was an excellent show. And it did so well that not only did they stretch it out for three seasons longer than they should have, um, they are doing like five spinoffs, Jake. Five. Okay. Did you hear what I just said? Of the same. Yeah. (laughs) Of millions? I tried to watch that show because it looked interesting, but it's just one of those things where I was like, there's too much of this. No, Billions is, to me, I would actually say Billions is better than Succession. Mm, I will put that up against anyone's fucking stupid obsession like wanking love of succession okay um you buy all their sweaters kiss all their asses i don't give a shit except for the fucking macaulay culkin's brother kid he's pretty great i like him yeah Yeah, kieran you're cool everybody else whatever um yeah but billions actually like was really interesting and incisive and good you know and then eventually got watered down towards the end and now they're gonna make um Five different spinoffs, and they're going to be like Billions London, right? So it's going to be like about the stock exchange and shit in London. And then they're going to make Billions, uh, I don't know, Saudi Arabia. I don't know, like five different places and different types. Crazy. Yeah, so it's going to be like the same show formula. And it's kind of like, you know, what has worked with NCIS, with Law & Order, (laughs) with like a lot of things where they're just like, we could just put it in a different city (laughs) and then like do the same thing. And so they probably will do well and people will probably like them. And I'm not even saying that it's bad. I'm just saying that very often industry, people who are making the decisions of what to 
platform, what to develop, what to give money to, they are basing it not on their taste, right? Not as knowledgeable people who know a particular genre, but as people who are like, this formula worked in X. If we just fucking find a way to pivot it to Y, we'll make money off of it. And to me, this The Last of Us on HBO just reeks. It just reeks of an executive being like, you know what? People love the fucking video game. <laughs> All we got to do is get a fucking big name and a fucking quirky kid. And we got this. <laughs> and I'm like... I hate you. I hate you so much. And everybody's loving it. And they're all like, it's fucking art. And I'm like, oh, God. No, no, it's fine. It's fucking fine. But you know, okay. I hate uh, that Game of Thrones. She's good on the show, though, I think, on Last of Us. No, she's good. Yeah. I have no criticism against any of the actors or any of the right. Well, I mean, they worked with what they had. All right. But um, wait, shit. I forgot what I was going to tell you. Uh, well, anyway, go on. What? Okay. I just remembered something, though. though. Yeah. Say, the genre thing the mm -hmm. it at first appears to be a zombie show but then you realize it's a an apocalypse show with yeah. a zombie setting exactly. that uh very similar to star wars how star wars first appears to be sci-fi but then you realize it's actually a fantasy show in a sci-fi fantasy exactly yes. i think that's clever when you do genre shit like that so that's just something i liked about it that's all that's true yeah no i'm not against it you're right you're right mm. Oh, this is what I was going to tell you. Have you ever heard of a show called The Upshaws? No. What do you? Where are you watching all these shows? <laughs> uh, I work in TV streaming shit, Jake, and I'm telling you, I just play shit in the background all the time while I'm oh, yeah. working. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, like, you know, I got to do stuff like fix the Martin show on BT Plus, like all this stuff. So I just like play stuff all the time. <laughs> I'm like watching it. Um, there is a show called The Upshaws, which is a sitcom, right? Like a straight up classic, you know, family sitcom, 24 minute episodes, whatever the fuck. Um, it stars Mike Epps and it is on Netflix. And this comic, oh, I don't remember his name. Tim Barnes. I think that's his name. Yeah. Tim Barnes. Oh, yeah. He's funny. You know Tim? Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. Uh, handsome man nice eyes you know I, I think i met him in atlanta atlanta's where he came out of i don't know uh so tim tweeted something where he was like he just posted a picture of like the cover of that of that sitcom the upshaws and he was like minute for minute funniest sitcom like most jokes per minute of any sitcom that's currently on right and best rhythm or something like that and i was like oh yeah man i liked it I want to talk to him about it because I have watched it. It's like three seasons deep on Netflix already. Mm. And it is perfectly written, Jake. It is extremely funny. It uses the formula of a sitcom as you have always known it and yet stretches it, pushes it, puts as many possible jokes as you possibly could fit into a dialogue situation. Uh, It's fantastic. Wanda Sykes plays his mother-in-law. It's just like a really, really great show that nobody is paying attention to, that it has no hype, that um, Netflix will probably cancel soon. <laughs> And this is what I mean, where I don't, I'm like, it sucks that there are things that are being made that are the highest level of craft in the type of thing that they're doing. And I just don't think that The Last of Us is the highest level of craft in the type of thing that they're doing. 
Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it's it's probably overhyped. It's just the yeah. big thing that everyone is supposed to watch right now, whatever, however they fuck. They yeah, and it's fine. It's fine. But so is Married at First Sight. <laughs> this is why. I, no, but you know what? Even before it goes out the window. <laughs> I love it. No, no. Reality TV is a whole different thing. But you know what? I don't even want to know about that. I want to talk to you about the donkey movie first. Yeah, no, we got to get to that eventually. Yeah, let's do that first. But I'm going to pause because I got to pee. I'm not really going to pause. We're just going to let it run. Oh, I can probably pause it. Give me a glass of water. Okay. See you in a minute. All right. You know what? I want to say one last thing about the last Yeah, one. please go. That I think also maybe the reason it's so popular or something right now, aside from probably them manufacturing that and the hype from the video game, which honestly... I don't think that many people that are. I know like women that are watching this TV show, and it's yeah. not huge gamers. Like I, don't I think actually it's, think it's it's approachable zombie shit. Yeah, I don't think it's because of the video game. Mm-hmm. I will say this though. I also think one thing that's probably the reason it's so popular is that it's like one of the first things post the outbreak of the COVID pandemic that is about a pandemic and doesn't feel like heavy handedly reflecting that. Like it's mm. eerie, you know, because yeah. it's hanging in the background of it is this comparison to our reality, but it's not like too overt. I don't know when 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 the fucking when twenty twenty happened and the like there was this weird year or two of like TV shows and movies kind of trying to grapple with that and go. Do You're we still doing it. it? Do mm-hmm. we not talk about it? That was also yeah. like, I thought it was weird when TV shows just came back and they were just like totally. This no, never happened. <laughs> like, no, you're totally right, and I would say they're still doing it. Like there are still movies coming out that are about COVID specifically, but don't you think then that so like as you were explaining or saying to me that oh this one treats it like it's a thing that's happening in the background but doesn't directly grapple with it. That kind of does explain its popularity because it also appeals to the people who want to deny that COVID is a real thing and it's just a thing that the government created and it's in the background of their lives. Yeah, well, I think there, there's a lot of that like in the show. The first few episodes I watched, I thought this is almost a show that I could see really appealing to right wing, like, you know, the uh, anti-government dickhead. Totally because the government is so evil in it the fedra and it's like it's all mm-hmm. the shit we talk about like oh the fema camps and stuff yeah um but then it it, it hits you with that big like uh switcheroo one but it also the gay get a gay episode <laughs> so no gay. but jake it also so this bad. is why this is why i don't think the gay episode is that good yeah it's because the episode itself is good i don't think the message is good uh-huh. because you you're correct it encapsulates everything about like the government being bad right so everybody's like fedra sucks but it also doesn't shine a good light on any of the reb- the rebels right or yeah. it doesn't tell their stories it doesn't show us what they're going through it doesn't tell us why they're fighting against fedra it presents a hundred percent only hyper individualist views or characters or libertarian characters, because it's not just the gay one from the Junior Perro episode. Um, I guess I don't know if you you haven't gotten to this one yet, but the new clan that they meet, yeah, on their way to um, whatever who eat people. That's another situation where it's like um, a hyper religious um, libertarian, essentially enclave, right? Where they're being led by a Jesus figure type dude who thinks he has to take care of his flock. And meanwhile, he's been like feeding them humans without their knowledge. Right. So 
it only goes so far into show us personalities and depth of people only if they're an example of being hyper individualist fantastical heroes or fucking libertarian fascist piece of shit okay right. there's not there is no other fucking depth of universe I think there. okay I, th- I think you're probably right but i think the reason why it appears that way yeah the story is told that way is because it is supposed to be from the perspective of like one person wandering through the wasteland the video game problem yeah so you only well i don't know if it's a video game problem i just think it's like the way the story is told so what you get is you like it i think it's maybe deliberate is what i'm saying is that you you find out that there's this thing called fedra and then you don't know that much about it and you find out that there's this fucking thing called the fireflies that are like a rebel group but you don't you, you don't get the whole story because you're just a wanderer so you're like putting yeah. the world together from that perspective i guess is what i think is cool about that that's how i will defend it but again i don't know yeah. the last of us let's talk about the donkey movie okay <laughs> all right so i watched this fucking movie and like um you ever seen anyone yeah. do this meme online where they're like i don't like that i'm in this picture you know <laughs> i know that's why i saw your tweet oh my god i was drunk of course and i'm like talking to gabe i think he went to the bathroom he comes back in and i'm like oh my god jake finally saw the donkey movie <laughs> and he was like what and i'm like he just tweeted something about how he's not happy that he's in this picture and now i have to know who he thinks he is in this picture <laughs> <laughs> so who do you think you are in the donkey movie okay so for anyone uninitiated spoiler alert uh the banshees venture in order to spoil the movie yeah um, but the movie it's really good it's a very kind of minimalist story uh carl colin farrell uh, is the main guy in it and he's basically just some guy who lives in this tiny town in 1920s ireland during the irish civil war it's like an island off the mainland so they're also they're geographically also segregated i think it's important yeah it's just this sleepy yeah. little isle the mm-hmm. civil war is happening on the main you know fucking yeah or whatever um and it's just it's a very like um what do you call it melancholy irish uh, tale. it's kind of it's so minimalistic and so symbolic that it kind of like delves into mythology territory <laughs> <laughs> Um, it could be a play, I think. It's very it bare bones. Uh, it's funny. Well, it's definitely monocultural in the sense of like it being like specifically Irish. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, like surely all the rest of us can relate to a lot of things in it, but it is an extremely Irish <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. So it's basically this guy. He goes to the bar one day and he is like, I guess he's back in town or something. I kind of like didn't watch that much of the first part. I was no, like, no, no. He just goes to the bar and he's like, oh, his friend's not there. So he like asked the bartender like, oh, have you seen my friend? And he's like, no, I haven't seen him. I thought I thought, oh, you guys are you guys not talking? So he's like, no, we're not. It's not that we're not talking. I just didn't see him, you know. So he like goes about his day, and as he like talks to townspeople and asks if they've seen their friend, his friend, they all assume like, oh, are you guys fighting? Because we always see you together. Yeah. So now he's wondering, are we fighting? Is he mad at me? That's the beginning. Right. Uh, and they're named Peter and Patrick, but spelled mm-hmm. all weird and Gaelic. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely need to uh, put on the captions on this one. It's fucking almost indecipherable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I can't remember which one's which, but Peter and Patrick are, yeah. Patrick so, is uh, Colin. Okay, so Colin Farrell, Patrick, yeah. is like, um, you know, what's going on? Why is, uh? And so then eventually he finds Peter, and Peter just sort of is like, he's just 
got he's older he's an older dude yeah he's a fucking uh he writes songs on his fiddle uh, yeah and he that's his this thing is and he lives with his dog and he lives with his dog and he's a, a you know he's a fucking melancholy old fiddle player guy yeah his point in life is to play music and he's you know constantly talked about oh i got like 15 years left or something like that yeah. like he's like aware that he's gonna die you know at some point in the the end of his life and he even though he's got 15 years left he's still like i'm planning on dying i kind of just worry about it you think you're peter is that what's happening here well i think it's i think that's why <laughs> he makes which is that he just assesses his friendship with the Patrick guy and he just goes you know what I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah, yeah. Because I it, like he asks him for a reason. He's like, "Why are you? Why do you want to not want to hang out anymore?" And he's like, "Well, you're dull." Yeah. And like, which is like incredibly like flat, like blatant way to put something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that he does. He is like just assessing, like, hey, I got 15 years left. Like, I'm going to start managing my time and cutting off like relationships and shit." No way. Which I mean, it's you take him at his word. You take him at his word that he's dull. Shut the fuck up, Jake. Maybe I've seen this movie too many times, okay? But well, here's the thing. I'm saying this is what he's saying. I'm not, I'm not saying it. Oh, saying okay. this, is, this is his reasoning. No, no, but his reasoning. So, like, you're right that at first he says, like, I don't want to hang out with you because you're dull, right? Yeah. But the, uh, I guess, like, the interesting thing is that Patrick, he's like, well, that doesn't make sense to me. So he, like, doesn't drop it. <laughs> he keeps coming back to be like, what are you talking about? Like, what's dull about hanging out with me? And then, like, uh, what's his face? That guy's like, well, you know, like uh, the other day you spent like three hours talking about your donkey's shit or whatever, you know, and then he finally actually says the truth, Jake, which is uh, every all the time that I spend with you, I feel like is wasted time where I'm not working towards my art. Oh, sure. And yeah. so I don't want to hang out with you anymore because I need to make good songs. I need to if instead of listening to you talk about your donkey shit, I spent three hours on the loot, then I would be closer. I'd be three hours closer to having a great song that I could be remembered by. And this is important because then he says like, uh, he's actually really mean to Patrick. And he says, you know, like, do you think anybody's going to remember you? Do you think anybody remembers like a nice person? No. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, no, only artists and great people get remembered. And right, I only have why you mad movies. Yeah. And he's like, so I only have this many years to make something that I will be remembered by. That will be my legacy. So he literally is cutting off a friendship that did nourish him for a long time for the idea that all of his time needs to be productive and go towards his art. Right. So and- that's where we are with the friendship. Go on. Yeah, sure. I mean, I did not disagree. That's the thing what he was getting at. Uh, just sort of like because the dull thing was an excuse. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it was his way. I, whatever. We were six one half. Yeah. The other. That's. I agree. That's what I was getting at. Right. So that he makes this decision, and then fucking Patrick is like, rightfully like, what the fuck, man? Really like, hurt. Yeah. Sort of a rude thing to do. So then Patrick like confronts him in a, the bar at one point about it, and they have that conversation about, oh, no one remembers nice people. I've been having yeah. a he, he mentions Beethoven and he gets the century wrong that he's in and shit, mm-hmm. um, which is funny. Uh, it's a very funny movie. There's it a is, lot of it's very funny, yeah. Little dry jokes in it and stuff like that. But anyway, these two men's like um, weird spat, like their grudge against each other. You know, the artist for 
having this grudge of blaming, you know, the time he's wasted with his friend for his weird complex, you know, of not having achieved enough or whatever. His yeah. Weird legacy of resentment complex. Yeah. Um, and then Patrick just resenting his friend for throwing him out like this leads into this like uh spiral where they both just dig harder and harder and harder into this weird grudge and <laughs> won't drop it and he's talking to his donkey the whole time about this because he's got a pet donkey <laughs> Very jenny her name is jenny yeah <laughs> and so he comes up with all these fucking uh you know I don't know, these ways of confronting the guy mm-hmm. and the guy just does this weird shit where like at one point he goes um, every time like you fucking, what is it? Like every time you bother me about this, I'm going to cut off one of my fingers? Yeah, he's like, uh, no, because he told him, I don't want you to ever talk to me again. Yeah. Right? So it's not like he was reasonable and he was like, hey, I got to work on my music four nights a week so i'll see you on saturdays <laughs> he was like no i can't you can't ever talk to me again and if you talk to me again i will cut off my fingers and throw them at your door yeah and Irish. yeah like a cre- and of course nobody thinks this is real except that <laughs> well, he fucking does it and the thing yeah. is, what's so crazy about that is that like you can't play your lute with, yes, no fingers. So he cuts off his nose to spite his face. Is what's going on, right? But not just that. You see that um, cutting off your friendships, your connections to humanity to pursue your art, is also cutting your nose off to spite your face. Right. It's because- like when when comics stop having friends or real jobs or anything outside of comedy, and then they yeah. have nothing to say of interest to anyone because you don't exist in the real world anymore. Right, and it, you, but it's funny because you do it along the same lines of reasoning that this fucking character does. Which yeah, he thinks oh, these things are the things that are getting in the way of my art, and mm-hmm. you, know, you, you realize like, well, art you can't make art without having a life, you know, without having like yeah. Th- so he's always got like yeah. um overproductive brain going on where he's like, oh, I just have to grind, right? But like. Yeah. You literally can't write a joke if you don't have the experiences to draw from, you know? Yeah. You're a comic and you're doing this or whatever. So, like, um, there's also another thing that happens where there's this fucking cop in the neighborhood who's drunk and he has this son who he molests and abuses and stuff. And Patrick becomes friends with the son and brings him in and lets him stay with him and his uh, wife or whatever. Sister. Sister. Sorry. Sister. (laughs) I wasn't paying that much attention. Uh, But. eventually like he does something that i uh i think is pretty good uh it's a pretty good like comment or reflection or whatever which is when he confronts everyone in the bar and he's feeling all fucking full of piss and vinegar and he's He's drunk though yeah he's drunk he's like i'm gonna start talking shit i'm gonna like take this guy down a peg uh one thing he does is that he he yells about how the cop molests his son and in yeah. doing so i think he thinks that that's a really good point and that it's like serving his point about how this cop is an asshole and uh, everyone that turns a blind eye to this complicit and all this stuff but the thing is he totally blows up that kid's spot and it like probably makes his situation a lot worse so he uses this thing that feels like justice to his own ends to the degree that it actually fucks over another person. And he conveniently doesn't think about that. Uh, and I, I, I guess I was thinking about that a lot. I, if I haven't made this clear, I feel like I'm the Colin Farrell character. I'm Patrick. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. 
because yes. I've I've felt that impulse before in my life because I fucking know so many people's like secrets like that, and I often want to be like, "Well, you fucking blah, to that person," but then it's like the third. No, and you have, <laughs> and you have. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that's good. Okay, because okay, I was kind of worried that you thought you were the fat guy. Nah. Uh, whatever. I don't know the older one. You know. Um, because I think like on the surface, it seems like he is the one that is, um, the true artist who's dedicated to his art or whatever. But I think what we really see is like, uh, he, before he even cuts off his own fingers, he cuts off his own emotional connections to other people that didn't serve his vision of himself and self grandizement. Does that make sense? So like, it's like a networking thing where he leaves a friend behind to go hang out with these like young university loot playing dorks, right? Because it's like, now I'm like hobnobbing with the other people who do the art that I do, right? right? And I think that on the surface, that seems like a logical thing to do. Like I would even say that a lot of the comics that we often uh, rage against or talk about are that kind of person who left behind their actual friends to go and kiss ass or kowtow or like ingratiate themselves to a, a particular person or group that they thought would be more beneficial to their career. Okay. Yeah. And Colin's character instead is kind of the complete opposite. So he's not a hero exactly because he is also cutting himself his nose off to spite his face, right? Because he refuses to hear anyone else, to change any of his ways. Like his sister tries to be like, hey, you know, you can make new friends. We can move somewhere else. He doesn't want it. He wants things to be the way they always were and the way he expected them to be. And so he is also a version of being rigid in his expectations. And that's why the friendship does ultimately end and it ends in a rigid place where we are just now always mad at each other. Like that's it. It's a permanent hatred. And so I would suggest to you that the sister is actually the middle ground between these two characters Mm -hmm. because she represents uh, the pull of like, traditional expectation of her she's supposed to take care of her family home and her brother and be a good lady and then we get like the young guy being like why haven't you gotten married yet (laughs) you know so like we get all this stuff of like what she's supposed to be and then when she realizes that she's really unhappy she doesn't blame it on anyone else she takes action to change her life and she leaves the small island to go work on a bookstore in the in the city and if you recall, the brightest visual point in this entire movie is her yellow coat when she gets on the boat to leave and Colin is like on the wall waving goodbye at her. Before this, it's all been like a very hushed emerald tones kind of thing. And I want to say that I think purposefully the creators of this film are telling you like the hero here is the person who understands that connections with others are important but rightly knows when it's time to cut ties and find another better world for yourself and take a risk. Whereas the two main characters represent the two opposites, like, but neither one of them is willing to change or compromise or grow. And therefore they will die in the same spot and belief that they started in. 
Yeah. I mean, the two main guys are just incredibly passive aggressive. And she's yeah. like the one character that's like, okay, I'm not going to be like a crying into my beer, melancholy Irish stereotype. Yeah. Gonna go like make an active decision to change the situation. Mm-hmm. And like, the two guys are just really funny because there's just one that on the surface is just, you know, he's more blatantly kind of evil about what he's doing. But then the, the main guy is funny because he's the protagonist, so he's presented as being sympathetic, but he's also wrong. And he's also yeah. just like, he's just a the other side of the coin. He's a different version. Totally, because he's demanding, like, why, like, nobody has to be your friend. Nobody owes you their time or their anything. So, like, he was sort of reminded me of these, like, uh, women who have been writing editorials about how, like, they force men who ghosted them to have dinner with them and explain why. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, uh, because Patrick, sure, we understand him asking the first time or even the second time. But it is a little weird that, like, after your friend has already cut off a finger or two and thrown them at you and been like, I'm serious about this. I don't want you to talk to me. He still is like, let me figure this out. There's a way that I can get him to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> he, One yeah. of moments in the movie where I was like, fuck, I like that's I'm in this picture. I don't like it as well. Yeah. <laughs> He is uh, so one thing that happens is he's riding his little cart down the street and then he sees yeah. one of uh, Peter's uh, musician friends. Mm. And he to know that <gasps> That's that an guy, awesome scene. Yes. <laughs> he happens to know that that guy's uh, father was killed by a, a milk truck. Current. Jake, he made it up. Did no. you miss that? Well, Louisa, listen to me. He, oh, okay. One of his parents actually was killed by a milk truck. But he didn't know that. Whatever. He tells him a lie. Yeah. He tells him, oh, your other parent, did you hear the news? Yeah. Was killed by a milk truck. So maybe it's just a fucking funny piece of writing or whatever. No, well, you know what? It's a, uh, it is an Irish thing. It's an Irish thing that lorries run over people. Uh, sure. People well, get hit by trucks. Whatever. It's beside the point. So he no, says, hey, your fucking parent was killed by a whatever. Yeah. And he goes, no, really? Because my other parent was also killed like that. So I, maybe he didn't know that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think. You don't know. This is like we're getting bogged down into detail. So the point being is that he tells that to that guy, and uh, and then the guy fucking leaves town. He tricks him into leaving town, and later on he's talking to that kid Dominic, who's the the abused kid of the cop, and he tells him he did this, and he's like bragging about it, and he goes like, um, "Yeah, this is cool, right? Like maybe I, uh, you know, I, I take a different strategy here." It's like I stuck up for myself, right? Like I usually don't stick up for myself. This is like me sticking up for myself. And the kid goes, "Yeah, I, just, I don't. This sucks. Like I don't like this. It actually, kind of makes me like the other guy more." So he's like realizing that, like, uh, or it's illustrating that, like, he's considered himself because he has a grudge that he's someone who's like maybe going to turn this into a thing where he gets justice. And getting justice doesn't actually make you like a better person. Like I, one thing I was thinking about a lot when I was watching this was how uh, when I watched The Boys, I really liked Billy Butcher because he is someone who is justice motivated because he is vengeful because he has this horrible thing that happened to him. So he kind of, though, like isn't a- that is actually good. And the more the story of The Boys continues, the more you start to realize it's been eating Billy Butcher up inside and it's like not making a better person out of him it's destroying him that he has like this form of PTSD type thing and that he's it's caused him to become like motivated by vengeance and that's all he 
you know, it's, it consumes him. It's all he is. I liked him though, because that character in a snapshot kind of is like manly in a way. Like it's what, it's what we tell like men they're supposed to be, you know, like, which is bad. That's why the male like prescribed gender role is bad. It's cause like you're supposed to be somebody who drinks whiskey and is angry and copes, which is like an unhealthy person. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's cool. It's a classic cool thing. So I think it's think about that character, anti-hero Billy butchers. I was always like, man, I see a lot of myself in this guy. It's not good. Um, but it's fun for the moment, like a vice. And with this character, I thought, I thought he was a more, um, well, he's a better portrayal of what Billy Butcher is, which is someone who's consumed by not being able to get over a fucking thing. And it's funnier because they portray him as kind of a, a pussy. Like, he just sucks, you know? He's, <laughs> you're watching him and he's pathetic, you know? Uh, I think we ultimately agree on... Uh, well, so I saw somebody say like it was like a real shame that the actor that played Dominic didn't get nominated for Best Supporting Actor because it really was like one of the best supporting actor roles I've seen in years. Um, and I think maybe specifically because of the scene you just brought up, but also the one with the sister where he like proposes to her that maybe they could date and then she like turns him down. And <laughs> it's like, a mo- it's beautiful. But um, the one that you're talking about, I think we read the scene differently. I don't, but I think we get to the same place. Um, okay. I don't think that... Um, anything about Colin's character is about justice at all. And um, what happened in this particular scene is something where Colin, who was, is the, or like Padraig, is the version of goodness. Because I would say to you, his friend is the avaricious, self-aggrandizing, thinking about his legacy is more important than his connection to real living human beings right now. So Colin, we're supposed to think, is like the true good version of a human. He just enjoys being a good friend to the people around him. But then what we see in the scene that you mentioned, and that's the reason that I interrupted you to say like he didn't know this, is because the whole point of the scene is that he made up the meanest thing he could think of. Yeah. He, he didn't have any context at all, except I saw this guy hanging out with my friend at the bar and now I see him on the road. So now I'm going to pick him up and be like, hey, man, you need a ride. OK, get in my wagon. And then we get in the wagon and he's like, oh, did you not get the news? I was at the telegraph office or whatever. And I heard that your dad got run over by a milk truck. And that's when the guy's like, oh, my God, no way. How that's not possible. Like, my mom also got killed (laughs) by a milk truck. And then, like, you see in Colin's face that he's like, oh, shit. Uh, Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, It seems like he's like he specifically tells him he didn't die. He's like, it seems like he's still alive, but you should probably get there. It's like his last moments. So the whole point of the lie was to separate his friend from his new friend so that he could get back in there. Right. It was a completely selfish um, move that didn't consider at all how telling someone that their parent just got killed or is like in the hospital about to die is a really hurtful, mean thing to say. He was just thinking like, isn't it so smart that instead of like always just being the nice guy, I made a move to keep my friend. Right. And he says this to Dominic 
And Dominic says to him, uh, oh shit, like that actually sucks. You're a really mean person. And the thing that we liked about you was that you were always a good person. You were always a nice person. And now I don't think you are a nice person. And he right. gets up and he walks away. So uh, this scene is in no way about Podrick seeking justice. It's about him trying to be manipulative to get the thing that he wants, which is his friend's attention again, and not having any concern for anyone around him. And then having to look into this mirror of his innocent friend who tells him like, that's not who you are. And we don't, I don't like this. And then the fact that his friend dies, we don't, we're not really sure, but we assume probably his dad killed him, right? The cop. Um, I think it's symbolic of the fact that Padraig lost his innocence or his the, the side of him that made him a good person in a situation in which he was desperately thinking of how do I get the outcome I want. And that's why I say that, like neither one of them are good. They're both yeah. they're both flawed bad people but not in any way that many of us aren't, <laughs> you know? Sure. I guess I'm yeah. just, I mean, I'm going to push back and argue this justice thing a little bit more because he said that, like, when he was trying to explain it to Dominic, he said, um, I, I, I'm i sticking up for myself, right? Like, that's a thing I don't usually do, which is the other side of the coin of being a, a nice guy, like a nice person. So he's conceiving of himself as... uh you know, having been wronged, I guess, just in general from his but friend. sticking up for yourself is not the same thing as crushing someone else. Well, exactly. <laughs> but that's that's the thing. So that's why there there is no justice. It's not him sticking up for himself. That's why he's a bad person. He's misreading what just happened. Right. But that's what I'm, I'm not saying he is getting justice. I'm saying that's what is motivating him like he he sees it that way which is but i don't think it is because what we see in the movie jake is that he tries like six different ways to get his friend to hang out with him again so he's never seeking justice he's seeking the outcome that he wants so he's figuring out how to manipulate his friend to come back to him whether that means because he tries being mean to him you remember dominic tells him that oh when you told him off when you were drunk he actually said that he likes you the most when you're pissed and that's when you're the most funny. So then he like thought, well, if I, if I go and get drunk and be mean to him again, he'll be my friend. He tried like six or seven different methods. They were not seeking justice. They were seeking, how do I get my friend to like me again? I know, but I'm not like we're, uh, we're missing. He wasn't, no, it, words are words. He was thinking, oh. okay. Seeking justice means that he was wronged in some way. And that is not, he wasn't thinking I was wronged and you owe me something. He was thinking, I want you to hang out with me again. I'm I don't need an explanation. Describe, I mean, it's a piece of art. I'm allowed to think a different thing about it. Like I'm describing a, a so way of being, I know, but I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> Just saying what I saw in it. And I, I'm disagreeing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's all it is, Jake. It's fine. Yeah. So go on. What else did you like about it? Well, fuck. I mean, that's basically it. Like, uh, I don't really. I don't know. I mean, the one thing I can't really, I don't really understand is the banshees. Because at one point, I think somebody said that like they don't, like they're not real or something. Yeah. So they're just like in the 
eye of the camera or the viewer or they're symbolic or something. The old ladies that just sort of walk around and yell ominous shit at people. Uh, I don't think it really matters. I think the name of the song was Banshees of Inishirin. So Right, but when he writes that song, somebody goes, but there aren't any Banshees here. Right. Because he does, um, Patrick does, because he takes art literally. <laughs> so he's like, "Why, why are you singing about a thing that's not real?" And fat guy is like, "You're missing the whole point because you're a dumbass who doesn't understand art." <laughs> and so the whole point is that I am writing a song called "The Banshees of Inishirin," and that this song is supposed to be my whole legacy, and that is why my friendship is being ended with you. So the subject of the movie is the song that's being written and how it affected all of these people on this island. Yeah. <laughs> because right. every everything changed just because that guy decided that his whole life needed to be about writing this song. It affected the bartender, the sister, the fucking cop, <laughs> the cop's kid, like everyone. I thought it was funny when he was playing the fiddle with his no fingers. Yeah. Sort of pushing it in the air <laughs> totally no absolutely it was so um it's definitely an incisive uh cutting movie towards artists that i think every artist should watch because there's nothing more to take away from it than just like where's your balance with um where how much of yourself you give to dedicating to your art versus how much of yourself you actually give to being present in your relationships with people in real life because it can't be one or the other you can't be a good artist while only doing one yeah i mean i think it's definitely the point of the fucking artist character i guess just what i'm seeing in the colin farrell guy is like specifically with regards to the contrast between him and his sister who yeah decides to be active instead of passive and like leaves the situation and yeah. You know, like you said, she's wearing the yellow dress. And she's like symbolizing this. The only bright thing happening in the whole story is like, do you know, like, um, you ever heard, you ever seen, well, have you ever seen the meme on Twitter where people say that there's two wolves inside of you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like where that comes from? Uh, yeah. Wait, is it, it's, so from, it's a literary reference, no? Yeah. I think yeah. it's like a Native American. I can't remember, but, uh, it's like a, you know, it's a folktale thing. Or mm -hmm. Basically, the way it goes is that, there's you know some wise person is telling you there are two wolves inside of you yeah uh, and they're in battle constantly they're fighting each other one of the wolves uh is motivated by greed and resentment and jealousy and anger and you know it's evil right and then the other wolf is motivated by kindness and empathy and love and you know peace and stuff like that and a man wrote this for sure <laughs> cosmic battle like you know like odin and fucking whatever um and then the end of end of the thing is the the wise person says um so they're in they're fighting forever for your whole life but eventually one wins do you know which one wins and then like, you go i don't know and then the wise person says the wolf you feed Right. That's the point of the story. Ooh, uh -huh, uh -huh. So I've been thinking about that a lot because um, it's weird. I noticed that it became a meme online and I didn't I was like, does everyone know the story or is this just like a no, they don't know the second half? Yeah. That's so, like uh, the the uh, good apple thing. You know that the second half of that is like, uh, what is it? Uh, one bad apple spoils, spoils a barrel. That's the second half. 
or what is it that people say about cops that there's a good apples or what is it bad apples a few bad apples so the the ending of that saying is a few bad apples spoil the barrel right yeah that's interesting because yeah so it actually means like if you have a few bad cops all of the cops are bad totally um the wolf thing though like i guess i was thinking about that when i was watching these characters because i was like the they get bogged down like a like like one of those traps where like the more you struggle the more the stuff digs in and kills you more you know uh with their resentment and like both of them even though i would say that the artist character peter i think it was it was him yeah i really don't uh, know his name <laughs> <he's Peter. laughs> i'm like the well, fat guy <laughs> his resentment is more outwardly selfish and it's like a classic sort of uh well, it's like know, fear of death right and being forgotten and yeah and, but he's like he just seems more like an asshole like we can tell this guy is the villain of the picture right you don't sympathize with him at all i mean kind of but like i think he's more i yeah sure they're both very complex, but I guess yeah. what I'm more fascinated with is Peter's character who at various times, like feels like the hero feels like the protagonist. He understands himself to be. So that's why I was kind of dwelling on that thing where he's saying like, um, oh, you know, I'm sticking up for myself. Like I'm, uh, and I was getting towards the justice motivated things. I think from, I don't think he is justice motivated. I think in his head on some level, that's where that sort of thinking comes from is thinking like, this is still right. And like, you need, when you are being a Patrick, you need someone to come along and tell you just even this might feel like you are being the opposite of the guy that you're fucking stuck in this eternal beef with like this unending thing that just keeps feeding itself but you are feeding the bad wolf while you do this and it will consume you and turn you into a person whose evil wolf has won and is not a happy person. And is it that, that makes you an, uh, uh, you lost life. Like you may, it makes you an unhealthy, resentful person who only experiences pain and gives pain to other people uh, just as much as the other guy's thing is, which is, I guess that's what I yeah. got out of the story. It was like, even this guy who like, if you miss the point, if you think he's the opposite, Right, or that it's good. The opposite. He is, he is the opposite, but he's in the same. He's the counter. Problem. The he's the counter. Yeah. The opposite is the sister that leaves. Yeah, exactly. She feeds the good wolf. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree. It's a great. It's a great. Uh, great movie. I can't believe I didn't try to make you watch it. I made a bunch of people like. All I've done for the last two months is be like, have you seen Magic Mike XXL? Have you seen the donkey movie? That's all I want to talk to people about. <laughs> uh, it. I've heard a lot of people told me about this fucking movie. So I decided to finally check it out. I'm glad. Did you see? Well, we'll talk about it next time. But uh, you watch Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about that next time. Also, I'm trying oh. to get through Crimes of the Future. I fucking hate it sucks so much you're out of your damn mind i know i know i've heard you people i hear you uh the only reason i still keep trying to watch it is because of the excellent special effects or whatever they're called what is it what do you call them uh real-time effects no uh, practical effects practical effects thank you so much uh, um so wait. i love looking at that but the fucking plot sucks assholes no but anyway I well i don't understand it have you seen infinity pool it's also really good no not yet but it's i will fun. I'll Chronic watch. Son is a also a creepy director. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen it. I, I mean, I haven't seen that one, but I've heard and I'm into it. Um, I just think 
even geniuses can miss sometimes. No, you are a subjective and you are wrong. You don't like it. I haven't, I haven't finished watching it. Uh, art is subjective and just because you liked it doesn't mean it's good. How about that? How about <laughs> you don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. Right. That's okay. Fair. That's where we started and that's where we're ending, people. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I have nothing. Do you want to plug anything? Out of your damn mind. I want to plug that you're out of your damn mind because it's one of my favorite movies. Okay. Um... Yeah. <laughs> uh, See, friends who disagree with each other can be friends. <laughs> True. I will cut off all of my fingers if you don't like Crimes of the Future. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I will make your bed lumpy until you grow another organ or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand what the point of this movie is. I've tried. I am halfway through. I will figure it out. It's not. It's well. Well, there's a lot going on. Oh, it doesn't seem like there is though. <laughs> Fucking, I'll try again, Jake. I will try again. I look. Nobody get mad at me. I I am just saying the truth, which is like it's the movie that I've tried to watch the most times, and I just fall asleep or I get extremely bored, and I gotta go do something else. And I fucking literally watch everything. So you make of that what you will. But I haven't finished it, so therefore I don't really have a final opinion uh-huh. because I haven't finished it. I just have an initial opinion, which is that it's so fucking boring that I'm on my fourth in- attempt to watch it. <laughs> you should have seen it in the theater. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Ugh, I don't know, man. Whatever. I'll give it a try. We'll see. We'll okay. see. Um, I'm going to send you a whole list of other movies to watch that are more interesting than that. <laughs> I have a show Saturday 20, the 25th. I'll put it on Twitter. Um, if you're stalking me and you're going to come to every one of my shows, come on down. Um... It's, peacefully please well i mean that person didn't sound like that was gonna be peaceful but i don't whatever <laughs> please come see jake if you enjoy comedy and you want to watch him do comedy jokes and from a safe distance okay i think we're Bye. done are you mad?